it's Dr. Kieran here. Welcome to Bridging Medical Paradigms. In the vast and varied landscape of medicine, from the traditional to the modern, the complementary to the conventional, all paired with shifts in societal, technological and political trends, it is a tricky and tiring affair to keep on top of. My aim is to leave you feeling empowered in your engagement with healthcare, to mitigate unnecessary experiences and aim for more positive outcomes. Today, we're going to look at concerns with the caregiver. I'm going to firstly present you with a case of a patient I had, and then we will look at the key takeaways. I will try to be as brief as I can. Let's get started. I had this patient who came to me for acupuncture, complaining of low energy. He also had an eye condition. For the purpose of this podcast, we are going to call him Joe. Joe's eye condition composed of uveitis, which is inflammation of the middle layer of the eye, and glaucoma, which is usually caused by fluid building up in the front part of the eye. This increases pressure inside the eye, which in turn can damage the optic nerve. The optic nerve connects the eye to the brain. It's how we are able to see. Joe also had a cataract, a cloudy area in the lens of the eye. Cataracts become common after the age of 65. Joe was in his mid-twenties, so it was quite an unfortunate and complex case. He was on a host of medications, tablets and eye drops. He was being treated by a specialist department in a hospital. He was also seeing a herbal medical practitioner. Just as a side note, sorry, I do a lot of these. Upon the first consultation, I immediately spotted a red flag. Whilst going through Joe's medications, I identified that his herbal practitioner had prescribed him a high dose of licorice that he had been taking on a daily basis for a couple of months. Now, this wasn't like having a couple of licorice all sorts or a sherbet fountain. This was a medical dose of concentrated licorice extract to be taken over a long period of time that has the side effect of raising blood pressure. It is contraindicated for patients with glycoma as they already experience high pressure inside the eye. There was also the issue of adverse interactions with the medications Joe was already on. When I asked Joe, he said the herbal practitioner did not ask about the medications he was already on. Joe said he thought licorice was just sweets. They were natural and healthy, so it must be safe. Also, he didn't think to question the herbal practitioner's prescription. The practitioner was the expert, so he thought it's fine. I advised him on the potential side effects that would impact his health and said it was at his own risk if he wanted to continue taking the extract. He decided to stop seeing the herbal medical practitioner. We will go more into issues surrounding the interactions between different healthcare providers in another podcast. That is a whole other kettle of fish that I would love to go more into depth about. But I think it's really important to be aware that just because it's natural and there is an ease of access, It doesn't mean that it's safe, especially for long-term use or at a high dosage. And there is that potential for interactions that can have implications for your health and not in a good way. 
Okay, so let's get back to the case. So Joe would update me on his appointments that took place in the specialist department. He had two separate doctors, one that specialised in glaucoma and one that specialised in uveitis, and he would see them on separate occasions. He would talk about how his uveitis doctor would prescribe medications for his inflammation, which would then be contended by his glycoma doctor. It would even go to the extent where the glycoma doctor would alter the dosages of the medications already prescribed by the uveitis doctor without consulting him. Joe would also be sending and receiving emails between the two doctors to confirm what dosages of medications he should take. Can you believe that this had been going on for three years? Additionally, English was not Joe's first language. On top of being stressed, unwell, having poor vision, he shouldn't have been put in that position really, and we are all aware of the connections between stress and blood pressure. Alarm bells rang for me. It seemed that there was a real lack of joined up thinking between the two doctors. It wasn't right that this poor communication was affecting Joe's medical prescriptions and consequently his health, not to mention directly impacting his vision. It's quite serious. Furthermore, there came a point where Joe felt that his eye pressure was increasing. There would be certain signs and symptoms that he would attribute to this from having the condition long term. He did not have an appointment booked with his specialist until a month later. I told him to get his eye pressure checked immediately. He was told by the department that it would not be possible to book him in. It required specialist equipment, so it wasn't something that could be done through A&E. I said, Joe, when when you're going to phone the department, amp it up, amp up the urgency, not just I would like to have my eye pressure checked, but say it is serious and that he's really worried about long-term damage to his eyes, and he is in a lot of pain. It worked. Joe did then manage to obtain an appointment a week later. Joe had his eye pressure checked, and it had increased above the normal level. At this point, Joe texted me the message, I'm fed up, so tired of my eyes. I'd rather poke them out. He was in a very low mental state. So, we are nearly there. Do you remember in podcast one, I spoke to you about the importance of knowing why you have been prescribed certain medications, the side effects, and any monitoring and tests that may be required? Well, this is what happened next. Joe's uveitis doctor prescribed him another drug and had instructed him to start taking the medication on the Friday of that week. There was no option. Joe was not given any information about this drug, only that there were no side effects to be concerned about and it's similar to what he had previously taken. The doctor also told Joe to pick up some forms and schedule a blood test, not informing him why or for what, just to email once he had given blood. Additionally, Joe was to have the drug regardless of the blood test results. Upon researching this drug, I found out about the potential side effects and the important blood tests that would have to be conducted to ensure that the medication wouldn't have severe implications on Joe's health. This included blood tests on a long-term basis 
to monitor body response. When I told Joe, he was shocked that he had not been informed about any of this. I then emailed his doctor on Joe's behalf, voicing concerns about the drug. This included detailing that he should have a blood test before taking the drug to check his compatibility. That is, if Joe carried an enzyme that would be able to metabolise the drug properly, preventing a serious adverse reaction occurring. There was no reply. Once Joe had his blood test, I reminded him to email the doctor again and ask whether the results were indicative that it was safe for him to now have the drug. Again, no reply was received. I advised Joe to wait for the blood test results and the doctor's response before taking the drug. This was at his own risk. So he decided not to take the drug. He emailed the doctor again the following week with the same query, again receiving no reply. This led him to calling the department a number of times. It was about three times. And on the third attempt, Joe got through to the doctor's secretary, who was unaware of the whole situation and was confused why the doctor had not responded to his email queries. Joe was told that the doctor was away on study leave, so she couldn't talk at that at that moment. After again not receiving any response, Joe called the secretary the next day. The secretary said that she had informed the doctor of Joe's concerns and was quite surprised that the doctor hadn't got in touch. The doctor eventually emailed Joe later that day. It was brief. There was no response to any of the raised concerns. Strangely, the doctor just said that he was trying to get Joe a leaflet from another specialist eye hospital and could confirm that he requested to have the enzyme checked in the blood test but did not have the records to hand. So he did not know Joe's results but he told Joe to take the drug on the Friday a week before and there was no mention of a follow-up appointment or how Joe would be managed on this new drug. Joe was left in an extremely vulnerable, stressed and lost state. I then suggested that he should be referred to a specialist eye hospital that I already knew about. Let's call it Hospital Y. As Joe wasn't in a good state, English wasn't his first language, I said that I would write an email to his GP on his behalf to request a referral. He was fortunate that his surgery did allow email access to the GP. But if yours doesn't and you're in a similar sort of situation, Remember from the last podcast, you can always get your fit in via an e-consult, then explain in more depth once you get an appointment. The email included the following. I put in the subject FAO, the GP's name. So, Dr. D, as you are aware, I'm being treated for uveitis, glycoma and cataract at Hospital X. I'm writing to you as I really feel that there is a problem in the way that I am being treated at the hospital. Firstly, I would like you to write a referral for me to a different hospital, Hospital Y, to have a second opinion on my condition and its management as soon as possible before further damage is done. Secondly, I would like for you to write a letter to both my doctors at Hospital X about this issue for a case conference to be held 
to properly decide the way forward and therefore for there to be better communications and to explain to me what is going on. There is no joined up thinking between my two doctors, which often often leads to contradictions occurring, with me being left in the middle confused. I also feel that there is negligence in the prescribing of medications with no proper monitoring. This is having severe irreversible effects on my eye health. Then I wrote examples of Joe's experiences and how that made him feel. For example, lost, vulnerable, stressed. Finally saying, I hope you can understand the severity and urgency of this issue so it can be dealt with as soon as possible. Please acknowledge receipt of this email. Many thanks, Joe. I also included Joe's date of birth, hospital number and NHS number. The GP surgery then contacted Joe for an appointment. His GP went through the case and was really sympathetic, saying it wasn't good and he was sorry for what Joe had been through. He said that he would write a referral to Hospital Y as soon as possible. Luckily, Joe was referred little over a month later. He said that he felt a dramatic difference in his treatment. I actually assisted him on his first appointment for moral support. He was given a full system check with blood tests on the same day. There is more to come on this case, including obtaining compensation for clinical negligence. It was quite a lengthy process, so I'll save that for another time. Okay, there are quite a few takeaways from this. Here are some questions to consider if you or a loved one are in a similar sort of situation. Okay, so are you being seen by more than one specialist doctor? Or are you being seen by someone different every single time? It is really important for you to be aware of this and observe whether the doctors are communicating properly with each other. When doctors write to each other about your care, they should aim to give you a copy of their letters or emails. If you don't get a copy, ask for one. A telltale sign of bad communication is that you are receiving conflicting information from different doctors. Do you feel like you are receiving continuing quality of care? You can look through your notes from your visits to see that the plan of action is being followed through. And always ask, you know, what is the plan over the next couple of months? What will change things? Are you being properly monitored and taking medications for as long as you need to? Or are you being forgotten about? Are you being sidelined? Are the actions and side effects of the medications that you are on being clearly explained to you? Are your questions being answered or are you just being handed a leaflet? If you're not happy, you can find another specialist hospital or department. So you can be referred by either talking to your GP directly, writing a letter, email or e-consult. One other thing that's really important is that there may be a period whilst you're waiting for your referred appointment. To help with your quality of care, it is worth sending another form of correspondence to your GP so they can do a follow-up and inform the specialist to be properly managed and monitored before you are transferred to your new destination. In instances where you can't get hold of your GP, You could try directly contacting the department that you want to get referred to, give them a brief overview of your condition and why you want to be referred. 
Then, ask the procedure for referral when you can't get hold of your GP. Basically, you're already in the system, so there may be another route. It's worth giving it a shot. As a final note, in accordance to Citizens Advice Bureau, so this is in the UK, there might be an equivalent, I'm sure I'm sure there will be an equivalent if you are elsewhere in the world. So in accordance to Citizens Advice Bureau for issues with your GP, for example, finding your GP's care unhelpful, continuously having trouble getting appointments, forever seeing different GPs or locums, you have the right to see another GP in your practice or you can even switch GP surgeries. And this is without giving a reason. You can get a list of practices accepting new patients from your primary care trust. Again, there should be an equivalent if you are elsewhere in the world. Listings can be found at www.nhs.uk or www.healthwatch.co.uk. That's a wrap. I hope you found this useful and can pass it on, if not for yourself, to anyone you feel it may benefit. Try and make it your, your own as well. So have a good rest of the week and see you next time. Bye.